of Fields is back and ready to wrestle with you. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the Pro Wrestling Edition as we fill up that syringe with another anabolic dose of the performance enhancing audio. Yes, the Brian Campbell, in fact, the voice that you hear just about ready to introduce you to what I like to call the Major Leagues of Wrestling Podcasting. Welcome to the big show, brother. That's what I'm talking about. After last week's reunion with the handsome one, Nick Costos, that well-dressed Greek himself, we return to the tag team format. But don't you worry. The main priority on this show, of course, will and still does remain the same. The main priority is is to get the body in the proper position for the strapation dudes. Oh my god, I can't get enough of that. No strapation without representation, Hulk. Everyone knows that. We've got another great show for you looking back at the week that was in WWE along with the latest news on the TV rights deal that has made plenty of headlines and could shake up how fans consume WWE's product. Lot, lots going on on the business side of things in sports entertainment for sure. But before I welcome in the only man who is all out on all things revolution. Yes, let me remind you to do your part in this audio revolution by spreading the word for this show. You know what I'm about to say right now. If you see something, maybe not. Maybe if you hear something, maybe I'm the one who doesn't know what he's about to say. But you know where I'm going next. If you hear something on today's show, that you like. If you see something, say something. Thank you, Daniel Bryan. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume. Find audio, subscribe, rate, review. We're talking about five stars. Spread the love for the show on social media using that hashtag in this corner. And hey, throw us a follow on Twitter at in this corner CBS. Yes. But without any further ado, let me welcome in the bad guy himself. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the only king without a crown, the only judge without a court. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought the gimmick infringement was going to stop at in this corner. But no, it continued into the bad guy. Ain't that something, BC? There you go. There you go. Well, there's just people on the there's people on the show that send in tweets. I feel like they're anti Silver King right now. They're like they're looking at you as a heel. They're like this guy's hedging his bets. They're 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 drinking some of the, the BC juice right now. I think I think it's like a, it's like a good that's and bad not, dynamic. That's not what I was referring to here. Is that uh, did wires get crossed? I was referring to a worldwide leader and a couple names of its shows. Oh yeah, yeah. There, uh, there's a nice little uh, reproduction there going on. You know, hey, a lot, a lot of good names available. Apparently, they this one was really liked and and sampled from in that regard. But uh, Adam, big week on this podcast for a special edition we will have this week surrounding the great Moore Ronaldo and the bipolar rock and roller documentary that will air Friday night on Showtime at 9 p.m. Eastern. want to remind everyone to get out, or not remind, I want to tell everyone to get out there and check out our bonus audio. It was at the red carpet premiere this week in New York City. Great sound with Moro, Steven Espinosa, Showtime Sports with a bunch of well-known WWE and MMA names at the red carpet premiere. Booker T, the five-timer, is going to be there talking about more. We will have that sound for you. Adam, you and I got a chance to see this movie. We're not going to break it down in detail. We want to give everybody else a chance to, but you did see it. What was your – did you catch those feels? Oh, man. Feel spot activated from the opening uh, scene to literally the closing scene where Silver King, 2.30 in the morning last night, last yesterday morning, whatever you want to call it, broke down a little bit at the end of uh, the bipolar rock and roller. Look, you, we, Mara was on this show. You guys heard the interview he did with us. Now imagine that 
for about an hour and 20 minutes uh, with the intimate video of his life that you might think you're prepared for, but you're probably not. And to know what this guy actually goes through on a daily basis. You see him on TV, you're like, oh, this guy's totally put together. You know, he, he's got the world by the balls, etc. He doesn't. And the fact that he is uh, exposing himself to this level, to such a, to such a public degree, um, just more respect for him than I had going into it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I mean, Even it, should say. He's, he's naked. He's putting himself out there in, in, in such a vulnerable way to, for a great cause and to spread a message. Anyone that was, I don't know, felt that teaser video was a little jarring. And by the way, it was. That's one of the best yeah. two-minute previews ever. I mean, Moro told me himself, people have reached out to him and said, just from watching that two minutes, they've saved their lives from going in the wrong direction. Like, it startled them that much. The, the, although this movie is raw and intense, it's also very heartwarming, very funny. A lot of great emotions you'll, you'll catch watching this. Don't be, don't be turned off or scared by how real and raw it gets. It's a, it's a great, great, and, great and pulling it experience. into WWEBC, if anyone doubts his version of events about SmackDown, why he had to leave, and why NXT is such a good fit for him now, if you watch this documentary, you will fully understand it. Absolutely. We'll get into more of that in the future after everyone gets a chance to check this out. Moro, a great talent for sure. And speaking of hiring great talent, how about that for a segue? Posting your posi- your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it. Not always the easiest process. ZipRecruiter knew, though, there was a smarter way. So what they do? Built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. How easy is that? ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day, and ZipRecruiter does not stop there they even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match just like watching nxt by the way you never miss a great match the right candidates are out there zip recruiter is how you find them adam what should our listeners do well look businesses of all sizes from the mom and pop ice cream shop to the corporation that is known as the i cbs the tiffany network they all trust zip recruiter for their hiring needs and right now listeners from in this corner can try zip recruiter for free that's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash corner because ZipRecruiter, folks, is the smartest way to hire. That's what I'm talking about, but you know what time it is right now. It's time for that main event. This is the main event. Okay, BC, the hot topic concerning WWE It's been on the tip of everyone's tongues. We've seen the stock just skyrocket on the New York Stock Exchange. WWE signed two new TV deals, one with USA Network parent company NBC Universal to keep Raw at its home, and the other with Fox and SmackDown moving to that channel, the broadcast station specifically, starting in October 2019. So there's a lot to unpack here, BC. Off the top, do you think WWE made the right decision splitting these two shows up network-wise? And are you at all surprised how much money the company was able to bring in from them? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a great day to be WWE. It's a great day to be a WWE uh, you know, stockholder. It is. Uh, this is big cash. This is big money. This is going to change a lot of things. I think the, the biggest thing that jumps off the page is Fox signed a $1 billion deal and it's for half of the package. It's not, I mean, I know that's not for one year, but still, that's a monstrous number. So here's what that tells you. That tells you that 
we already knew live sports is is currency in TV these days. In the, in the DVR business, you, you got to watch it live uh, compared to any other show. And this shows you something that, you know, I certainly thought could have been possible a few years ago, that pro wrestling and sports entertainment could be covered like a mainstream sport. And now for this type of money to be thrown at it at the same time, by the way, that ESPN just secured the UFC deal, the complete TV rights package and pulled that from Fox. WWE is considered on that level now as a live sport. Yes, it's predetermined, but it's a live sport in the sense where the predetermined part actually helps them because you know which stars are going to be there each week. And if you want your most popular guy to win, you just write it in the book. So that's what it has as an advantage, of course, over fight leagues it compares with. But this is monster news in so many ways. I mean, we, we, there's a lot of, lot of branches on this tree, but the idea of splitting it up in theory, if it's handled right, has to only be good and create good competition because they never bought, Adam, this Raw versus SmackDown thing truly. Even with the brand split in 2016, which was handled very well and we got very good pay-per-views that came out of it, it never really forced you to buy in that Raw and SmackDown were really competing. Now, though, you have to believe for the money involved that there is an onus here at the very least that Vince McMahon and WWE has to split the rosters evenly and has to try. You know, you can't just go, okay, for SmackDown for the next eight months, we're going to mail it in. Raw's going to be our big show getting the ratings. It's not in-house under the same umbrella. Fox has given up the UFC deal and leveraged a lot of its future on this WWE package. They are going to need a live show on Friday nights that delivers. So in theory, Adam, if we get real competition out of that, where you can't mail it in, both shows are gunning for each other to try to be the one that everybody watches, to try to be the true A show. That has to be a good thing for a WWE fan, people like us who cover it. And it has to mean, ultimately, a push in that right direction, that things have to start mattering again because there's a lot of money and there's competing principles at stake. So I, I don't, I think we can both agree that they were unquestionably mailing it in on SmackDown leading into WrestleMania. They didn't develop either of the main storylines, really any storylines going into the show, they just put matches together and allowed them to happen. The Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles had no storyline. Asuka Charlotte Flair had no storyline. Those were the two big matches, and neither really came close to main eventing that show whatsoever. But, BC, I think a lot of people forget that are maybe overreacting a little bit to this. SmackDown and Raw have always been split up. It's just recently that they happened to both be specifically on USA Network, and for a slightly longer period of time, both under the NBC Universal banner when SmackDown was over at Sci-Fi. But when SmackDown debuted, it was on UPN, and it was massive. UPN was not a big four, but it was number five, broadcast network. It had massive exposure, and if you remember, especially when they were going head-to-head -head with Thunder, SmackDown was a great show every single Thursday night. Now, Fox obviously wasn't going to have it on Thursday. They have the football package. They just paid, I think, $1 billion's a lot. But they, I think I forgot the number, but it's like one billion a year to the NFL for however many games, 16 games, maybe a little bit less. Um, so I, I, listen, I, I think the split was smart. It makes sense to sell two properties to two different outlets and try to maximize your profits. What I think the smartest thing out of all of it, I, I forget if it was the Hollywood Reporter or Variety, but one outlet reported that WWE actually turned down more money from an interested third party because they liked the commitment that Fox was making to them. Now, whether that commitment is simply Fox promoting it during Thursday Night Football and on Sundays 
and during their other you know programming, um, whether that means they might have a replay of SmackDown on FS1 or post SmackDown show on FS1 or a WWE related program at some point during the week. Maybe they bring it to the table that's currently on the network. They do some a debate show along those lines on FS1. We don't necessarily know where this is going to go. We don't have the contracts. The news right now is that SmackDown's going to Fox. Right, but you got to assume that. I mean, that's why I fought on the show and we did this this bet that we're going to get to in a second because oh, yeah, going, get going to Fox, going to a major network that wants to treat it like a real sport means you're right. going to get shoulder content. You could have the opportunity of getting a post-game show, of pay-per-view preview shows, of more content on regular big Fox uh, You know, that's going to play on the weekends in front of large amounts of people to preview your big events potentially. That's massive, as is just the fact that SmackDown is going to be live on a big net, potentially live. We don't know, but I'm just saying at this point, it's got to be live if you put a billion dollars into it. And on primetime network TV, that's great news if you are a fan and you work in this industry and you want to see it healthy and you want to see it grow. Now, we're going to have a separate debate on how all this money has changed WWE's booking and will change it. And I don't think it's changed it for the good. But I think the competition angle that I laid out, you you said, hey, this isn't the first time it's happened. But you know what? The last time it happened, SmackDown was really good, right? Paul Heyman was running the show back then, and they were kind of going head-to-head to begin with in that regard. We haven't seen SmackDown treated like a true you know, 1A on that level, except for that short window starting in, in summer 2016, and that faded away quick. This is time to do that. You have to think, if you're Fox, man, you put a lot of money to get essentially the B brand, even though, yes, I call it the A, you know, the A show on here. I think that there's got to be more here, more to this story. I don't necessarily know if that means we're going to see a WrestleMania on Fox, but I don't think it's impossible. Think of no, the ad not- money. Think of the ad money for a six- or seven-hour show. It'll be like the Super Bowl. I don't think it's impossible that we see a Royal Rumble or something on that level on Big Fox, I don't think they're just getting SmackDown and they're giving a million dollars. And it's like, well, we wanted the whole package, right. but we couldn't get it. Yeah, so a billion, just to clarify for everyone else. Um, you're not seeing pay-per-views, what are called pay-per-views now, on Fox because that is literally the selling point of the network. And it's the reason they get that, you know, get WrestleMania for free because they want people to subscribe and then continue that subscription for getting to cancel it, okay? So they're not putting pay-per-views on Fox. What I could see happen... Well, how do you it, know, though? Because this TV contract is now bigger than anything. It's bigger know, than listen, pay-per-views. I'm, it's bigger... This is their their backbone. The point you're making I'm buying into, I'm just saying the pay-per-view portion I don't think is going to happen. But I could see WWE saying, let's give them a couple Saturday night main events. Back in the day, WCW used to have those Clash of Champions special events. Maybe they pull that pay-per-view name and give them couple clash of champion shows maybe it is just what i was discussing you know theorizing uh uh, either a post show or a pre-show or a weekly recap show on fs1 i don't know but i do agree with you in theory there has to be more to it than two hours of smackdown 52 weeks a year for 205 million dollars on average per year it just there has to be now fox could also just be banking on the fact that moving smackdown from usa to fox a broadcast network is going to increase those ratings enough that it will justify the amount they're paying. We don't know exactly what it is year to year, but apparently it's increasing year by year on Fox. I think the bigger thing we need to talk about here, not bigger, but equally big, is it is also being reported that SmackDown is moving to Fridays. And we all know that SmackDown, in its multiple incarnations, it's been on like six different stations. It's also been on three different days, BC. It's been on Tuesday Live. It's been on Thursday live and taped. 
and it's been on Friday when I think it was taped, but occasionally they would air live episodes. So it's moving to Friday. We know this. Do you think that is a good decision? And do you think the show has to be live for it to work? It 100% has to be live for it to work because this is we're so far past the day and age of, of Internet and, you know, people in the arena streaming on their phone, you know, what's going on. So, yes, it has to be live 1 million percent. At face value, do I love the idea of it moving to Friday? Absolutely not. I, I do kind of like the Monday-Tuesday packaging together. Yes, when there's a pay-per-view on Sunday, the three nights in a row does become arduous for fan or journalist. You add in NXT if you're really d- tied into the product, and you got you got a week of WWE there. So in theory, I'm not excited about that, but it could change the way we watch it. It could end up being a new norm that we adjust to. I know it didn't. It wasn't great in the past on Friday, but it also wasn't on Big Fox on Friday with Thursday Night Football to tee it up, which just is just telling you, in theory, it's going to be treated more serious. It's going to have to be a consistent ratings getter for them to justify paying that much, so they're going to promote the heck out of it, and you know they're going to demand big superstars and big storylines. The whole Friday thing, though, it's interesting what it will do to the idea of a show, you know, and that's where... You don't like what I'm saying! Whoa, wrong button, wrong button! Sorry, sorry, John Cena, I will not do what you were about to, uh, about to tell us there, but... Hey! Kentucky Long Rifle, we have a DM slide from the great Tristan Adelano, at Adelano underscore Tristan. By the way, that guy, let's just remind you, held up two signs about the In This Corner podcast during WrestleMania from, like, the eighth row during the Triple H Rousey match and got it on the screen on board, brother. That I mean, that's just... You bring signs to shows, you get your DM slides read as often as you send them. I mean, that's this guy, this guy's, you know, come on. He says, we all know BC thinks SmackDown is the A show, and it is right now. You saw that this week, by the way. Is there a chance that Fox really pushes for and makes SmackDown a legit contender against Raw, much like it was when Paul Heyman was at the helm in the early to mid-2000s? Well, I kind of gave away the bag on there, but it has to be, Adam. It has to be. Yes, it can no longer be the junior brand. I cannot see a scenario where Fox is going to be fine with that. Or where ratings will spike, right? Because when you put a show like this on national TV, on network TV, and by the way, this day and age with cord cutters, the idea of being on a big four network is kind of more valuable than ever before because you can get rabbit ears, you can get a couple channels without having to subscribe to big packages or, or do a la carte in that regard. So it matters. And in this day and age, you have to deliver because the casual and lapsed fans are going to get a taste of that product when it starts. And they're going to give it one week, maybe, maybe two at the most. But if it's vanilla and it's bland and the things don't connect and the dots don't make sense and the matches aren't great and it's not inventive and it's just it's going to fail. It's going to fail. So it has to be on that level. And yes, Fox put in more money, it seems, than even NBC Universal. I think SmackDown has a chance to really be pushed as the A show. It, who's in the driver's seat? That's what it comes down to. Who is WWE more, I guess, in bed with or more? devoted to NBC Universal or Fox in this regard. We're going to find that out. Well, Fox is the new chick. You know, uh, Raw and and uh, NBC Universal and USA Network, that's the wife. You know, it's comfortable. They've been together for a long time. They know what they're getting. They still go to bed together every week. Fox is the new chick on the side, and you're like, you know what? There's something to offer here. Let's let's see all the freaky things we can do and, and what ends up paying off and what doesn't, you know, and where we go. So that's to be considered. There's There's a lot that you just... You read a DM, you gave your opinion on the Friday thing. There's lots to unpack here. I'm going to do it really quick. Um, do I think it's going to compete with Raw? Yes. I think it's going to be a higher quality show. It absolutely has to be live. It's, they cannot tape it. 
it would be a disaster if they did. Not just from knowing the results, but the show feels different. It just does. It's produced differently. Um, the talent acts differently on the show because they know it counts. They don't, they don't get a do-over. There's no second chances. It's just different. Uh, in terms of it being on Friday, I think it's fine. It's way better on Tuesday. I think Tuesday's the best day for it ever, live on Tuesday. I think WWE is going run to some, run into some issues that they've surely considered because they're not idiots, but it might be more difficult than they think. On a major pay-per-view weekend, BC, you're going to have SmackDown on Friday, NXT on Saturday, a pay-per-view on Sunday, and Raw on Monday. That's four mm. straight days of major WWE production and programming, okay? That's not to mention that the last time SmackDown was on Thursday or Friday, specifically Friday, it was basically run as a pay-per-view preview show. They, like, aired two taped matches, and then everyone sat in the arena, and they just did, like, a preview show. Now, that's not going to happen in this case, but it's very difficult when you're trying to sell a go-home show to a pay-per-view to do it two days before as opposed to four or five days before on Tuesday where you're able to say, here's some storylines to get you excited and we're going to build you into the show. But you brought they up a good point. Does this become part of a – because when, when you go to a major, when you go to a WWE major, they're starting to make it full weekends, right? You go to the NXT on Saturday night. You go to the, the, the pay-per-view on Sunday. And then in some cases, SummerSlam – WrestleMania, they have in the same city on, on, on Monday and Tuesday. Now that Tuesday is going to become Friday. So does that Friday show air from the same city and yeah. they want you to buy that full package of tickets? That's exactly. interesting. Yeah, they, they, absolutely, they absolutely do. And it's also something, and this is a minor thing. I said this on Twitter. I think I was talking to Dave Schilling about it. But Hall of Fame, Friday night, WrestleMania weekend. What's happening there? So I, listen, I'm not heartbroken if they move the Hall of Fame or they shorten it or whatever they do. It's fine. I'm simply saying... It's something to be considered. So, whoa, whoa! On that topic, Adam, we okay. got another bonus DM slide from Luke Mirza at Lex Luker eighty eight. He Good says, name. he says, if SmackDown does end up moving to Fridays, like we're talking about, when would your podcast be recorded? I'm a fan of the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday setup. I read that DM slide because that is interesting. This is a business now, meaning a a you know rest. A journal wrestling journalism business that the thing about WWE is it's every week. It's consistent. The shows are on the same days and you build your coverage around that. We watch the pay-per-views on Sundays, Monday night, raw Tuesday night, SmackDown. And we do our podcast on Wednesday, like pretty much everybody else. And that's a system. I wonder what this will do. How will this change it? Will the Friday SmackDown show be, be more paired with the Monday night raw show that follows it two days later yep. in terms of how we coverage it. It, it. I haven't even thought that deeply. That's a, it's a very interesting question. Well, it has to be unless you want to start waking up at 9 a.m. on Saturday and taping in this corner, which I don't really want to do, especially during the college football season. I responded to his message directly, actually, because I said, look, we got 17 months to worry about it. <laughs> like, I don't think we're going to address it on the show. But if we're going to, if WWE is doing this, it would make a lot of sense to me, at least, because they're going to have to figure out what the hell to do with 205 Live. OK, it would make sense to me to move NXT to Tuesday. And if that happens, we keep our recording schedule, we'll leave it on Wednesday. If not, I think we have to record on Tuesdays after Raw. That's the end of the week. It's just like we do. SmackDown ends the next day we record. That's how it would have to go. Yeah, that's very interesting. That that changes things up, and it does make that final SmackDown before a pay-per-view, like you said, almost a throwaway and completely a commercial because you're never, you, never going to recap it. Unless they're going to start running 205 Live on either Mondays from 7 to 8 or Fridays from 7 to 8, that show either can't be live anymore or it's got it's got a, something's got to majorly change. They put it as part of a house show, or they tape it at Full Sail with NXT. That something's happening with 205 Live based on this because 
it just doesn't work based on the alignment right now. Unless they're going to tape it every you know single Friday and air it the following Tuesday. That doesn't make sense. The one other thing I wanted to mention before we fully move on from this day of the week thing. It's going to be on Broadcast Network Fox. It's going to get preempted. There's going to be presidential State of the Union addresses. There's going to be the MLB playoffs. Literally during the month it debuts, there's a game on Friday. I looked with uh, our baseball right, our baseball editor here at CBS, Sergio. So this is going to get preempted, and there has to be some type of plan. I'm sure there is. Well, FS1 will have to be the— FS1 or Fox Business Channel or something else. But WWE does, did not like getting preempted. A big part of their deal when they returned to USA— no more dog show preemptions. It's over. And, and they made that and they made that exception. But with Fox, how are you going to argue with the MLB playoffs or? Uh, yeah, fair. That's fair. But I mean, you do have the fallback of FS1. And look, it's not, you know, even on the level of an ESPN, but especially through that UFC deal they had the last, uh, you know, seven years, people are accustomed to, to going yeah. there. It's not that big of a of a reach. Here's what's interesting, though, because you said. And I and I respect this opinion. You said, look, we'll never see like a WrestleMania on Fox one because it will devalue the network. But these deals are showing you that TV is way more important than anything else. So if they get offered an NXT TV deal, I'm sure they're going to weigh it out. I wonder if they go, you know what? We'll make more money putting this NXT TV deal on yeah. insert channel name, whatever you want to say. And yes, it may pull away from our network, but we'll still have pay-per-views on the network. We'll still have original shows. We'll still have the full archives. Maybe I wonder, here's what I wonder, because we're four years into the network. I wonder if WWE thinks and realizes they've ceilinged, they've plateaued. They know they're going to spike around Mania. They know there's a big drop-off, but yet it's like a million and a half, right? It's just, it's set right there. They're not going to get to that four million that they thought they were. So maybe you just say, hey, we're going to plateau it here. There's, go for your archives. Go for your pay-per-views. But the real money is in TV. And if that's the case, I think you could pull some majors off now, uh, off of the but, network because the network won't have the same value. No, but here's the thing, BC. They've already got the contract. Now, if in, if in year three of their new deals, they're seeing the value still going up, then you might have something there. But they just signed these deals. What are they going to do? Just put WrestleMania on Fox I'm and give saying, them something? Again, this is going back to the idea of if you're Fox and you're paying a billion for this whole deal and you're only getting SmackDown. Because some people are saying that. They're going, well, that's nice, Fox. I know you want to get in the game, and I know you'll probably get good ratings on Fridays. But you only got SmackDown for a billion bucks. In that regard, I think there's got to be some other other deals in there. You know, I think this we'll see AJ Styles on Thursday Night Football in the booth one time. I think we'll see a lot of that <laughs> stuff. I don't think you're going to see that. This is the business they chose, though. And I did want to correct one minor thing earlier in the show. The Fox deal is not more than the Raw deal. It's not. It's probably equal per hour of TV. I think $300 million a year for USA, uh, for USA and the Raw. Just wanted to clarify that. That's but a lot B of money. That's a lot of friggin' money. That's oh, insane. We're, we're talking about deals here. And before we get off this topic, there's something that needs to be addressed. And that is our bet. Now, I don't think you cut the audio. So I'm going to give a quick recap for those that might have missed that one episode or just want to know what the situation is here that we're talking about. Brian and I made a bet about the WWE TV, TV deals. It was before the main event of an episode a couple months ago. It was my contention that WWE would remain with NBC Universal, and it was Brian's contention that WWE would be going to Fox. So obviously, now we're sitting here, and we have a little bit of a quagmire because, yeah, WWE did stay with NBC Universal, their signature program, the one that's existed forever. It just had its 25th year anniversary, Raw. And the other show, the B Show SmackDown, yeah, Fox ended up signing that. So, BC, who do you think won our bet? Look, I, right, you, you and I have been debating this offline, and my, my first instinct was to be like, well, look, it's obvious. It's a push. We, we both half won and half lost. 
But then you're, you, you know, then you started to say, well, maybe you think you won. And I said, whoa, what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about here? I think, if anything, I won because the main point of contention of this bet was you going, oh, absolutely not. They are not going to Fox. Absolutely not. You weren't so hardcore on that they're definitely going to NBC. I know that ended up I being I don't the think bet. I was hardcore that they were never going to Fox. I don't think. That was your point of contention in this bet. It wasn't so much that they are definitely going to NBC. That became the bet. But you were basically saying it's not going to Fox. It's not going to primetime TV. No, and no, in no. the end, it is. So in the end, if anyone has to win, it's me. But in reality, it's a push. They they go to both. It's an obvious push. But, you know, some people, a lot of people, I think, are on my side. And I got one person to share with them. The great Thanos Backlund at TalkBox slid in and said, hey, now that Fox got SmackDown, I am so ready for the In This Corner deep dive on Toriano, which would mean the BC one, by the way. And we're going all revolution all the time. But Thanos Backlund says, I'm sure Silver King is going to hedge his way out and say that he bet on both shows. Wow, that's some high heat, Silver King. You going to take that? No, I'm not going to take that. Uh, he's been muted on Twitter, number one. Number two. Whoa, let me he, add this to the Silver King Twitter feud. Thomas Jordan Sutton out there, the OG, the original. Let me add this to the, to the <laughs> list here. Um, you, I, I, before I, ha- I have plenty of ammunition here for you, but before I do that, I want to make it clear. You misstated my position here, as you often do when trying to frame me as someone who hedges. I specifically said that WWE's home was USA Network, and that's where they were staying. Now, yes, I said both shows. You said both shows were going to Fox. But don't you dare misstate my opinion on this. It was nice, BC, that you found one message. You want to hit that sound again for me? Oh, yeah. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? Here's three for you. Sean McDermott at Sean P underscore MCD. Give it to NBC one time. We all need a little in this corner with Adam Silverstein in our, in our lives. Power of positivity. Number two, Coach Pierce at RRHS Coach Pierce. Twitter poll first vote for hashtag Silver King. Let's avoid the not, hashtag non-existent, hashtag revolution, hashtag pop. And number three from the Auto Rocket. Does this mean a performance-enhancing audio edition of In This Corner with at Silverstein Adam? What do you have to say to that? Wow, wow. There's some there's some misguided folks here. I don't see how you could possibly argue that you won the bet. I'll have fun with it. I'll be like, it's a push. It, it's all good. But, I mean, it, it is not just this battle, but it is proven on this show that you said all in would never go to ten grand. Now then you hedged back, and I think you're trying to hedge back into position because the core of this bet was that you said there's no chance they're going on Fox. Well, hey, partially they're on <laughs> I Fox did right say now. say that. And we may see WrestleMania on Fox one day. You're I'm telling literally you. putting words into my mouth, just like you did with the all-in situation. No, I never, no. They would never get to 10K. I said it would be very, very difficult when they announced what they did. And then six months later, after they announced literally every major independent wrestling star in the world, I said, you know what? They're definitely going to hit it. Wow, wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. Last night, I received this tweet from Brian Yang, at Brian Yang, who says... Silver King 100% said All In would not sell 10,000 tickets. B. Campbell, CBS, I clearly remember him saying there would be no way to get to 10,000 without Daniel Bryan. He, in fact, said this on the pod multiple times. Brian Yang went back and researched. Brian Yang is now my man. Because I'm a redneck. My name is Jimmy White. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's unacceptable. Brian Yang is not a redneck. Brian Yang went back. Jimmy, Brian Wang Yang went back, and he's got my back. Silver King hedged. Again, Thanos Backlund for the win right there. First of all, you can go ahead and say that all you want. Show me some proof. Tell me the episode. I'll go listen to it. And if I said that, then I'll admit it. But I don't remember ever saying that. And even if I did, 
which I still don't think I did. Months ago, I changed my tune. I don't call that a hedge. I call that learning and figuring out something changed and then changing my opinion based on that. Just because I didn't like Shinsuke Nakamura when, let's say, which I did, but let's just say I didn't, when he was introduced into WWE, now he turns heel and I think he's the best character he's ever had. That doesn't mean my original opinion was wrong. No, only Again, on his theme song was when he were wrong. And this audience is hammering that you out That theme song sucks that. and they changed it this week too, BC. Anyway, we, I think we need a decision here. I'm willing, if you are, to leave it up to the fans. I'll well, put a poll on Twitter. There's nothing to debate, though. You didn't win. You can't win. I, I don't think you have any ground to stand on. I mean, yes, they did get the number two TV package, but you said the entire package was going to Fox. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the audio. Now you got me, you know, now you got, I'm going to go back and listen to the leave, tapes. You don't want to leave it up to the fans, BC, because you know who they'd vote for. Oh, come on. I'm the, the, I'm the baby face here. The fans, the fans, the fans are going to put the, the fans no, no, are going to no, put the right guy in office. Come on. You know this, you know, there's, cause there's one reason. This is my show. My show. Yeah. I mean, come on. All right. I, well, there's no question. You're the face. There's no question that your name is the one on the marquee as it should be BC. I mean, you do know what there's it's also called, no right? Question. In this Campbell podcast. Yeah, keep going. But there's also no question that the fans want one episode of In This Corner with Adam Silverstone. Wow. What would that, what would that episode even look like? It'd be like... Uh, Glorious. Be like, uh, I think it'd be... Here's what it would be. It would be a complete episode of Pay-Per-View Rewind where Adam would pick a five-star <laughs> match and then break down in specific detail where they went wrong. <laughs> that is not accurate. It would be a great... If you want, you want the preview... It would be, which I suggested for this week's show, BC, positive talk about WWE, I would at least try, to open the show, and nary a mention of the revolution unless it involved Chris Jericho. That's wow. the episode we're talking wow. about. All right. I, I got, uh, well, look, okay, let's put it, put it out there on the at in this corner CBS account. Let's see what the people have to say. I'm very interested. Put out a poll. See what That's the what people have to say. I'll, I'll buy in. I trust this audience. I trust the people. I'm a man of you the people can, for BC, the people. if you win... We'll do the revolution episode. I don't care. I'm willing to put it out there. I know what the fans want to hear. I know that but they're willing you to don't say, know you know about, what? Here's what you I'm don't know about the revolution you. episode. That doesn't mean Adam Silverstein as the co-host. That means Toriano as the co-host. In fact, that means <laughs> Thanos Backland. My man at TalkBox is in. Adam Silverstein's out. We'll see. We'll, we'll see where this goes. Hey, one close on this TV deal. I know we're going long, but WWE's sure. got an identity crisis now, right? Throughout history, TV was used to sell things, right? TV used to sell right. the live events. Then TV sold pay-per-views. Right now, TV is more valuable than the pay-per-views. And what's WWE going to do now with Raw and SmackDown? Is it going to be overloaded super shows that are going to be fantastic? Or is it going to be... Like, I don't feel like they, they, they know what identity Raw and SmackDown is going to play right now. because they, they, don't get... know, they don't know the identity of those shows now. Forget about in October 2019. They don't know now what they're doing. Week to week, the there's the storylines are convoluted, I'll say it. Um, one show is better for four months, and then at the flip of a dime, another show is better for really no rhyme or reason other than just terrible plot lines and booking and, and stories. I, they don't know what they're doing now. Like, listen, do I think, I think in the NBC, everything's going to be a means to an end to get ratings to those two shows. I think that is... What Fox wants is certainly what USA wants, paying a ton of money for Raw, tripling what they were paying for it right now on this contract. And ultimately, I just don't know where else they go without saying our live on-air product, whether it's pay-per-views or TV, has to be number one. And this li these live events that we do, they're important, but they're bringing in like 35 grand a show. 
That's not where you're making your money. It's going to be interesting because, look, TV wins now. We always knew that the TV deal was their backbone. Now it's more than that. TV is is everything. It's everything. So in, in a day and age where people are going away from TV, WWE just proved the TV is still everything. It's so, Beast, we just had a lot of fun. Now let's not have a lot of fun because we need to move on to the second part of this main event. And there's really, despite everything else that went down this week, there's nothing else that really needs to be addressed than the Bobby Lashley sister oh segment God. with Sammy Zayn. Let me just open it up like this. Is there any saving Bobby Lashley after this angle? He's dead on. His career is dead on arrival. His career in WWE is dead. His career ever is dead. And I <laughs> went as far on Twitter as saying this was so bad that Sami Zayn's career is over. I know that's not really true. And I know he tried hard, by the way, to save that. He didn't do it. He didn't do a good job. So anyone saying he did, he did not. Because this was awful. This is as bad as it gets on Raw. This was awful for so many reasons, Adam. But I really want to focus on one. Because a lot of people are going, WWE, you're so tone deaf. This was so transphobic. I have nothing against those comments. That's not even what got me mad. If anyone is upset about that, I fully understand and, I'm in, in, and I, I support that. I'm just mad from a pro wrestling stan- fan standpoint. Not that it was a bad segment. That it was that they would really do this. That 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 they would take a character in Bobby Lashley who's such a badass, who's in his early forties, has a limited window, right? He's not going to be a star for the next ten years, but he hadn't been on your brand for ten years, and in that time, he was doing great work elsewhere, and he was an MMA fighter who was winning. I know soft matchmaking, but still, you have video you can show from Bellator of him winning fights. Is it that hard? to bring him in as a badass Superman and build toward a Brock Lesnar feud or build toward a Braun Strowman feud? Because, by the way, you're doing nothing with Braun Strowman? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to ruin a character with literally the worst segment ever. And let's, let's, let's pause right there and actually try to figure that out. Blake Molina, our guy, has a question for us that everybody talked about instantly, and it's, it's the right topic, at Mo underscore. Two underscores. Two underscores. Blake, come on. You got you to clean that up, Blake. We love Blake Molina. He's an OG BC on this show, but he's got to clean that up. Which of these segments, he says, was the worst? The old day from 2016. Alexa Bliss Bailey's This Is Your Life from 2017. Or Monday's Lashley sister segment. Adam, I'll stop in, the, in going too far and say that this actually was the worst segment of all time. Because, I mean, I mean. And speaking of mailing Katie I mean, like, that is like, that is another planet of bad, right? That's like a, that is just, you know. It's kind of like one more nail in Katie Vick's coffin. I mean, like, I don't want to judge, but that is so bad, right? If this whole thing doesn't bother Katie Vick, then really. Who are we to judge? That's, look, 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 let's just stop short of ever comparing to anything to that. But of those three mentioned, which all happened in the last two years, and this is this modern times, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And it's because they didn't try. All day they tried something. It was really bad and it fell apart and it failed. They didn't try and they actively ruined something. Adam, it, like, to the point where... This has to be a rib. This has, like, Vince McMahon must be really mad at him. Like, I'm going to bring him in here and just destroy him, right? Like, this has to be a rib. Like, I I tweeted out that there's only one man that could have saved that segment, and I really believe that. If you lose, 
I get to shave your head. Like, I was really wondering if he was going to come out, if that was the only way this was going to make sense. This was so damn bad. Explain it. Get in Vince's head right now and explain it to me. So I don't even know where to start, but, but while I'm gathering my thoughts, I ran into Nick in the office yesterday, and we had this exact conversation before Blake, Mo, Lena sent in the question. And Nick, I'll give you his opinion very briefly. I'm not going to speak for him at length. He thinks Alexa Bailey, Alexa Bailey, This Is Your Life is worse, and he said he at least got a couple chuckles out of this segment. Now, again, I'm not going to rip on him or anyone else. I didn't laugh at all. I thought it was horrible. The execute, like, not only was the idea bad, and not only was the writing bad, the execution was bad because you're asking Bobby Lashley, who has the amount of charisma of a pack of cardboard, to do something like this, at least with Bailey and Alexa Bliss. You had two people that know how to talk on the mic. And in Sami Zayn, he tried so freaking hard to make this work. So credit to him. But BC, I'm not going to hedge. This wasn't the worst segment of the last year. This is the worst segment ever. Well, no, it's come on, whoa, what? You can't, you can't say that. How happy is Katie Vick? It's worse than Katie Vick because looking back on Katie Vick now, we find it redeemable how absurd it was. Who finds it redeemable? It was necrophilia. There's nothing redeemable about necrophilia ever. You're playing clips in every episode that we're allowed to look back on it and laugh. Okay, you play them every I'm crying. Episode. I'm not laughing. Yeah. There's a dead girl in a coffin. What is happening here? When you go back and watch the segments, just like Sami Zayn here, Triple H tried as hard as he possibly could. And I don't know if we'll ever have the opportunity to ask him about it, but it would be nice, even if off the record, we're able to get a little <laughs> bit of clarity on the Katie Vick story. At any point, if you Just, ever ask Paul Levesque about Katie Vick on this podcast or behind the scenes, our access to WWE is over. And I love when people are like, oh, these these WWE journalists these days, they don't want to write a story because it'll qu- compromise their access. Which <laughs> sometimes it's true, sometimes it's false. In this case, you will compromise your access for <laughs> life, brother. Okay. Um, but regardless of that, this, let me say this about this particular segment. I did not. I I understand a lot of people get offended about a lot of things. I'm not going to criticize anyone for that. I did not find this transphobic at all. I didn't think anything that happened just because you have men dressed as women. They weren't trying to insult that population or anyone that might be uh, living that lifestyle or affected by it or or whatever that case is. I don't want to speak really out of turn. So I don't understand that outrage. The outrage I do understand is it was tone deaf, horrible, and literally made no sense. Why does Sami Zayn care about the sisters? Why wouldn't he have gotten the real sisters? Why was the interview in the first place about it a couple weeks ago? Are they just trying to make Bobby Lashley into a creep? And how do they have someone, the caliber athlete of Bobby Lashley, who like you said, BC, I didn't watch him in Impact, but everyone is saying he was a very good heel in Impact. Why do you bring him in to the same roster as Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar? If you're not going to immediately have him go into programs with those guys and beat them and dominate and be a big name because you could have put him on SmackDown and he could have run a promo, a, a promo, a program immediately with Daniel Bryan or Samoa Joe or Shinsuke or AJ and switch some things up. And instead, this is what you do 
with Bobby freaking Lashley. And not just that, in the, the, the most recent TNA ang- or Impact angle he did was a real-life one. It, it had his MMA coach from ATT, Dan Lambert, coming in with all the UFC fighters around him saying, we need you back full-time in MMA. Like, you got to get off of this pro wrestling thing. It, it was great. Like, you know, Meltzer said it was one of the one of the feuds of the year. It was very well <laughs> done. So to go from that to this is, like, comical crap. Like, what were we supposed to learn, storyline from this, Adam? That Bobby Lashley's weird and he, and he like, extra, extra loves his family, which is fine. But yet Sami Zayn found out that, no, he doesn't love his family. He actually beats them all. So so we're supposed to learn that Bobby Lashley beats his sisters? Like, what? Like, what? Yeah, like, why would that be a justification? And why would they want to promote that or even put that as an angle on TV? BC, is it possible that WWE doesn't like, or not doesn't like, but knows that Impact is still using America top, American Top Team and Moose is on there and so on and so forth? Actually, I don't even know. He's part of that. I'm really speaking. No, no, no. Moose is the ex uh, NFL lineman. He he's oh. he feuded against those guys, but he wasn't part of the uh, the ACT thing. Is it possible that they're still using some of those people in whatever angles, and they don't want to draw a parallel to that? No, no. That that's been completely gone. That was actually under the last era, the Jeff Jarrett era. You know, that's okay. not part of the of the new run. I, I, no excuse then. I mean, look, some people make this leap when they see stuff like this. They make the leap that Vince McMahon and WWE just does not know how to use African American talent. And I know what Vince is going to say. There is no racism here in the World Wrestling Federation. We don't allow it. We'll allow it under any circumstances. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, that's the bottom line. I'm not going to go that far because that's a, that's, a, that's a leap. But I will say, if you're going to stand on that mountain and say that leap, this is a pretty strong – this is another pretty strong nail in that coffin to just be like, maybe that's not true, but at the same time – can we push an African-American guy as a, as a strong badass? Like, like Biggie's great. And we all want him to be solo. But even he's stuck in pancake, you know, like, like you know, like rhyme time and just dressed ridiculous. Like, it, it's fun. It works. But Bobby Lashley is the ultimate badass right now. And again, he's like 42. He's not going to be around for five, ten years. If you sign him for a two, three-year deal, use him. Why, like, what is this going to do other than bury him? So... And- it's and even if this is biding time, BC, even if this is biding time for a feud with Lesnar or Strowman or Roman or whoever, there's a million other storylines. The vertigo thing that Sam, they could have just run it off that, where Sammy interrupts a bunch of his matches, hits him with a couple chairs, tries to hit him in the head and, and concuss him or something, being a dastardly heel. There's a, I just came hey, up with two. There's or, a or Vince and Tripp's hired Lashley to, to beat down Roman, like to be their, their authority yeah. muscle. Like it's it's tired and true, but it works, okay? That, that's the bottom line. And speaking of Roman, let's go there, right? Let's, let's transition right there. Sure. We will transition there to your larger point. Outside of like Naomi, they do struggle booking African-American talent. It's just, it's blatantly obvious. Uh, moving on though, yeah. Raw was, that was the worst part of Raw, the worst part of WWE, like I said, maybe ever. I'm curious what your thoughts are about that extended opening segment that involved, obviously, I think Kurt Angle was someone involved in that. You had Roman Reigns, uh, Kevin Owens, and who else was there? Uh, Seth Rollins. Stephanie McMahon, and then Seth Rollins. And you said extended Uh, thing. It's 51 minutes. That was 51 minutes to open the show. What do you think? I mean, did let me me ask you this. Did inserting Kevin Owens into a uh, Roman Reigns opening segment, do you think it helped him? No, Kevin Owens was used as a prop to get a second match. So basically this was a talking segment, a one-on-one match, and then a predictable run-in leading to a tag team match right after. And overall, first and foremost, I got a giant problem with Raw and sometimes SmackDown. These days, post-WrestleMania, it's just like 
let's just get ratings and put you guys in there that are really popular and have them wrestle and have it not matter. So there's some of that going on in this. But the real story here is that WWE going back to the well on Roman will be a babyface no matter what is once again breaking glass in case of emergency using red hot Seth Rollins, who they're calling on the screen red hot Seth Rollins. This is really the ultimate thing to talk about here. They are using and sacrificing Seth Rollins' right now red hotness to once again try to get over Roman. Now, did it work? A little bit, yes and no. It didn't get a giant reaction. It didn't necessarily work. Was it great to see them back together? Well, you know what seeing them back together did? It reminded me that you just reunited the Shield for the same purpose and then did nothing with it. I know Ambrose got hurt, but still, did nothing with it and it just fell apart. There's weeks when Seth doesn't run in and help Roman, so why is he doing it this week? There's a lot of those plot holes. Ultimately, here's the thing. It's just them going back to the well again. And we had a great discussion about this last week, and I think there's even some more things to talk about. But, man, will they not give up on this. Nick said it's almost just, he almost applauds Vince at how bad he's ruining this. They went back to the only move left they had in the book, which is, okay, let's just use let's just use Seth to help him. But unless you're doing Roman against Seth, which is kind of what we all want, right? It was last fall I was telling you, what do I want more than anything? Roman and Seth in a Mega Powers S exploding, you know, scenario where they're teaming up again and then it leads to them feuding. I just think like they don't know what they're doing. They're just de- so desperate. And here's the ultimate thing on 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 Roman. We all kind of agree, okay, yeah, he has got to go to heel. He's got to go to heel. But we don't think it's going to happen. So I I posed that question last week of okay, how do you how do you save him as a face though? And everyone seems to go to the idea of okay, if you're going to save him as a face, you got to turn him against the fans. Well, isn't that turning him heel? Well, yeah, that kind of is anyway. So, so in the in the end, going heel is the only way. But the, everyone's goes, well, he's got to turn against the fans. This is what'll work. Him cutting promos against the fans, saying you should have cheered for me. You know, Nick gave that whole thing, and it's it's a smart thing. But the fa- who are the fans really mad at in this whole situation? Vince McMahon and tired, stubborn yeah. booking, right? So you have to turn Roman against Vince McMahon, but not in the way they're doing it with the predictable Diet Coke version of of Steve Austin against the Authority. What about what about the maybe the only real way to save it is come on lay the pipe bomb on me big guy come on go ahead is going completely reality era and essentially allowing Roman Reigns to do a pipe bomb that removes that fourth wall and it's just like not call out the fans by the way you want Roman to be cheered then unite him with the fans don't call out the fans call out the bad booking in the best way they can in WWE speak remove that fourth wall. And then just hammer out Vince McMahon. That's that, the only way. That's what he did before WrestleMania. It didn't work. Well, no. That's what he did for one night. That's what he did for one night before WrestleMania. And they pulled the plug on it. Him going yeah, into Gorilla that night was the best thing they ever did. They need a CM Punk type moment for him. They really he's do. It, first of all, he's not capable of that on the mic. And secondly, they pulled the plug on it, in my opinion, at least, because it didn't work. No one bought it, as they shouldn't, because it ran contrary to real life. If, if you want to move into real life, BC... And it's really funny that you brought this up because this is not on our rundown, like discussing booking Roman or ideas or anything. But driving into work today, I had a really good idea, honestly, on what to do with Roman Reigns. And it's this. You have Roman in the ring getting booed. Hulk Hogan's music hits. (laughs) Oh, my God. Talk about desperation. You're going to Hulk Hogan, brother. I'm booking. This is this is booking. This is putting the booking the damn territory. Hulk Hogan walks to the ring off mic, you know, where the mic barely hears you. Says, you're going about this all wrong. Takes Roman out of the ring. Then you book it however you want. I'm not going to spend 40 minutes booking it. But what winds up happening is Roman basically starts, not an NWO, but his own mini faction with the Usos. 
and brings him to Raw, goes to SmackDown, whatever the case is, directly against McMahon, and they start cutting promos. And Hulk Hogan's saying, the, the, the bridge no, to get no. there? He's the brainchild behind it. He's getting into Roman's ear. Hey, this happened to me. I know what it's like when the fans don't care about you anymore. And, and that you just hear little inklings of that. You see him talking to Hogan off screen, just you know, in the in backstage area. A couple of weeks, everyone's wondering what's happening. Hogan disappears. Two weeks later, Roman comes back and does this. And fans would eat it up. I never would have thought Adam Silverstein would come on this podcast and say Hulk Hogan is the savior for Roman it's Reigns. The way to get Hogan smoking the same crap he's been smoking because of your brother. Give me some. I want to be delusional too. I want to be like a fruitcake no, out no. here. <laughs> it's a way to get Hogan back without like putting him in front of a mic and on screen. You just use his presence, and then you use Roman and the Usos' popularity, and you put something together where they start destroying stuff, and you build them as heels but the fans will eventually cheer for them because it's fresh and exciting and new. I know where this and is going. And that's how you get Roman. And it over. ends in a Yappa Pie Indian strap match. Yes. As I see the raw pink meat on your back, brother, I'm going to take it to another level. I will transform from Hulk to Hollywood. I will double strap you with both fists, and you will scream to the heavens, please, Hollywood, don't hurt me anymore, and I will never stop. Oh, my God, I love that. Go ahead, go I ahead. Did find, going back to Raw, though, what I did find interesting about that segment is they literally used Roman to get heat on Owens and then used Rollins to get heat on Mahal because no one's booing Mahal against Roman. I found it fascinating oh, the way they put that mess. together. It, it, it so the, the, end, also. the end game, like, so if I have to say, okay, was it a success this week? Well, they stretched it out. It was kind of entertaining at times, but you know what the end game was? 51 minutes to find out that Roman and Jinder are going to have a match at Money in the Bank that nobody wants. Because, Adam, what does it mean? It means nothing. We have not been led to believe that Roman is this angry about losing his money in the bank chance to to gender that he like who cares like oh, this man. is this I is mean, something we'll discuss in three weeks I guess when we really get to preview. Whoa, whoa, another bonus slide here from uh, Martin McDonald at Martin. This is real Mac anonymous Mac. general manager stuff, cutting someone off in the middle of them speaking. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, he, Martin, <laughs> well that's Martin Mack. He's he's sliding in. He says, "Do you think anyone like anyone?" is asking Vince to stop what he's doing with Roman and turn him heel. Is there anyone whose opinion he respects enough to listen to them regarding this? Steph, Trips, Heyman, Roman himself. If I was Roman, I'd be begging him. But obviously, he doesn't want to ruin his career, which is already being ruined anyway. I Sorry to cut you off. I, I thought you had, you had wrapped up. I only bring this up for this reason. I do want to actually ask you that question. I do want you to answer Martin's question on, is there? do you think there's one person who actually could get in his ear and tell him? But... Even more than that, okay? He says, Martin McDonald says, if I was Roman, I'd be begging him. Do we, are we not putting the onus enough on Roman for being too new school? We don't obviously know the real dynamics. We only get dirt sheet rumors, right? We don't know the real dynamics if Roman actually is unhappy and is fighting behind the scenes. We, don't, uh, we shouldn't know that, right? To a certain degree. We don't, we don't know that. But I don't see Roman any evidence that he is. And I don't see a guy who's maybe putting his career in his own hands and saying, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. That's why I want the pipe bomb thing. That's why I want to go real with this. I want to see him actually angry and not just say to himself, and we don't know if he's saying this, but we're getting the belief and feeling that he's saying, well, hey, I'm on top anyway. Boom me or cheer me, whatever. Like, obviously, he's got to be frustrated, but at some point, Roman's got to be the guy that knocks on Vince's door and says enough is enough. Who's the last guy in WWE who did that? 
I don't know. Where are you going? Who, who, who was the last guy? His name's Neville, and he's not wrestling anymore. Now, that seems to be his choice. Well, Dolph did that. Dolph did that on a podcast, and he got uh, the U.S. title. Uh, All right, yeah, little bit, yeah. A little bit different. Neville, it seemed like. Yeah, again, but Neville's not Roman Reigns. Come on, he's not the big dog. I know. I, listen, and it also this is all second and third hand stuff because we didn't talk to them and we don't know exactly what happened. But it seems like Neville said, take me out of the cruiserweight thing, start giving me a push, or, or I'm done. And he gave an ultimatum. And what you don't do to Vince McMahon ever is an ultimatum. When you talk, when you hear Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Pac, when you hear them talk about the clip and the influence they had with Vince McMahon, they never demanded anything. They, made, they put themselves in position to be voices he relied on and trusted. He, you, there's the famous situation where Vince literally gave them a sheet of paper with every name on the roster, and they told them who was good and who was bad. That's the position that you slide yourself into with Vince McMahon. You don't go demanding things. But if, but, you, but if, you're, Roman, if you're on the Roman Reigns, Steve Austin, John Cena level, you have more clout to do that. Roman Reigns is not on the Steve Austin, John Cena level. Let's not get that twisted. He's a main eventer. He's their number one guy but he's not on that level. What you would hope is that Paul and Cena and Taker and guys like that would go to Vince and be like, what are you doing? You're hurting this guy. This is a guy, there's tons of money in Roman Reigns. We all agree, even people that don't like him agree. There's tons of money in this guy. Make that money from him being a heel, turn the smart fans and turn this guy back face because it works every single time. Time. Wow, that's funny. You're saying that Hogan could save him on screen. I was the guy with two weeks ago that said Hogan should be the guy saying this. I'm asking you to do something for this business, not for our legacy, not for the guys in the back. I'm asking you to do something for the fans. Yes, but uh, interesting. I, I just think, what would Steve Austin do? That's what Roman's got to start saying to himself. And Roman's, he's new school, but he's old school, right? He's second generation. He's the guy w w that comes from that. You, I, you got to take a stand, man. You got to take a stand. And maybe he is, and we don't know. Well, let us know that you are Roman, right? You got to take a stand. He might be. I mean, even in interviews he does, he's spoken to us, with us two or three times. He's spoken with other outlets as well. He's like, yeah, I don't, you know, he, he's doing the company line. I don't care if they boo me as long as I'm getting a reaction. Well, you should care if you're supposed to be a face. You really should. Wow. Wow. Great wow. stuff. All right. We're only three hours into the show. We might as well. <laughs> right. We, I mean, we might as well keep it going and, and go into lightning round style now on hero or zero. All right. We'll start out with Smackdown. Uh, BC, Shinsuke Nakamura chose last man standing as the stipulation for his, I forget if it's fourth or fifth right now, fifth <laughs> match with AJ Styles uh, for the title, WWE Championship at Money in the Bank. Hero or zero to this being the ultimate stipulation for this bout? I, I guess it's okay. I have to say, overall, like their segment this week, Shinsuke's good on the mic. They brawled, you know, even into the crowd a little bit. It was fine, but I don't think it really. Took it, I think it was a lateral step in the end. And I think this stipulation kind of feels like a lateral step. Now, your first instinct reaction might go, well, give me one better. I don't really have one better. But last man standing kind of feels like no DQ, which they just did. And I, I don't know. Maybe it'll turn out great in the end. I'm just going to say I'll give it a very slight hero. And I was a little bit vanilla. Now, that's also because overall, I'm just beaten down right now as a fan. 
I'm at the point when I watch Raw and SmackDown the last few weeks, they got to do something big to win me over. Like, radical, new, red-hot energy, electricity, anything that's just sort of, yeah, all right? Even if it's good, like this week's SmackDown, pretty good show. I didn't think it was great. Nothing really happened in the end. And even in this segment, they brawled again. Okay, that's great. But nothing really happened. Maybe if I saw this segment three months ago, I'd be like, oh, this is great right now, but I'm beating down BC right now. And beating down BC needs something to pull me out of this rut. And this wasn't it. So SmackDown this week was, I'm saying this in a grade, grading standpoint. It was a B show. It was very good. And I'm almost not going to stand for anyone saying otherwise because I got, I was sports entertained for two hours, 120 minutes. There was nary a segment that I at least didn't, either pop for or like in some way. And this one, BC, was the best segment on the show, and it's been the best segment that WWE's aired since WrestleMania, maybe even further back than that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There was this hyperbole coming from. It's not. It was aggressive. Shinsuke was on the mic. He did a good job. You you could understand him. They pushed Renee out of the ring. They did stuff outside the ring. It it, It was very, very good. The segment was a hero. The stipulation is a zero because they already used the schmaz finish, the double TKO, that gets you out of this stipulation in the previous match. If you were going to have this stipulation, they should have done it at the Greatest Royal Rumble, or they should have held that finish for this show. Do the schmaz on the last man standing, and then put them in a cell at SummerSlam, or do something else like that. If it was me, I would have done no disqualification, or false count anywhere, or something like best two of three falls, Iron Man match. Anything where I can actually see Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles either wrestle or fight for an extended period of time. Well, now it's guaranteed it's going to be a grudge brawl when I I still want that classic wrestling match out of them. We're not going to get it. Maybe that's ultimately why I I feel this is slight hero, really a zero. It's really disappointing that we haven't gotten that. Yeah, well, I don't know. All right, Adam, number two, hero or zero, Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax's contract signing on Raw. For my money, without doing any research, maybe the first time in WWE history that said segment ended without violence. So hero or zero to where we are in this feud and the use of Rousey this week. It's just, it's such a zero. Like they're, they're, they killed the thing I love BC. Like, <laughs> I was, like, I said it last week. I was holding on. I was like, you know, raw is, is crap, but I got Ronda Rousey. She'll be back next week. And then they ran the angle at the upfronts. They, they replayed it three times on raw. And then they did this, this week. The fact that Stephanie McMahon literally did the promos for both sides because neither Jax, Jax is unable to cut a promo, and Rousey hasn't learned how to do so yet, although I thought she was okay when she did speak on the mic. Uh, she was okay. She's getting she was worse. Okay. She's getting worse, but, dude. My, but, my guns was right. She's getting worse. The lines are bad, and they're not teaching her, stop smiling when you're delivering, I'm going to rip your arm off. And stop pausing for no reason when it, it just feels like you're counting down seconds in your head. It's just... I will stand by it firmly. She, it's just an experience with her. Okay, she's capable. Yeah, but you got to put her in fact, spots to Steph, win, though. But the fact that Steph literally did the entire segment by herself, and then you see them, like, squaring off, shaking hands, and they perfectly position the camera, so Stephanie McMahon's face is right in the middle because the women's revolution is all about her. I mean, I don't think it could have been a bigger zero. Terrible. See, this is tough. The whole thing wasn't a zero. The segment was fine. But again, that's the problem. The segment was fine. This is Ronda Rousey. He's supposed to be your big player right now. There's, you know, there's a way to book her that you get electricity. You send me constantly fan videos from their Europe tour where Rousey was actually in house show matches. 
And her in the ring is electric. It still is. I mean, the way the, the transitions, the speed of the move she does, it's incredible. Can we see that on Raw, please? We can't see any more of this average to below average. So I have a hard time saying that that segment was a zero because Steph was fine, but you made some great points. It should have been more. And in the end, like WWE's product right now as a whole, it's just safe and like, eh. It's telling us that they're biding time toward Money in the Bank, toward the future of this new TV deal, toward SummerSlam. They don't care about right now, and it's just so frustrating. And hey, Nia Jax in WWE, wasn't she just your anti-bullying baby face? Oh, she's a heel again? Okay. All right. You didn't, t- you didn't give me the memo on that. So I- I'm... It- yeah. Zero, and, yes. Give it a zero. Market, market zero, Adam. I mean, I'm just... I can't... I just cannot handle this anymore. Market zero! And she happens to be on the heel side because she challenged Rousey and gave her a chance she didn't deserve. Oh, gosh. So. Like... I don't have words anymore. Like it just, it just doesn't make yeah, any do. sense. And run. by the way, with Rousey, one last thing. I know we, I know we're trying to go lightning around here, but with Rousey, they have to decide if they're treating her like Brock Lesnar or they're treating her like any other woman in the locker room, or if they're legit gonna do a hybrid and treat her right in the middle. Because Brock Lesnar does not wrestle on Raw ever. Okay, and Rousey, if she's gonna be a full time performer, there is no harm putting her over Alicia Fox or Alexa Bliss or someone like that in a. 30-second, 45-second squash match on Raw. She's that good. She's supposed to beat people quickly. So put her on TV. I understand that they're giving her this, gave her the European live shows and some house shows to, like, build her up without it being on TV. But fans are filming it anyway. She looks totally good. The fans go nuts for this woman. Every time her music hits, stop ruining her. You know I had to say that. Okay. BC number three, Hero Zero. Braun Strowman scored a clean pinfall victory over Finn Balor in the main, uh, in the main, Main event of Raw. That's how excited I am right now. Hero or zero to this booking decision? Yeah, I guess. But the overall problem is a zero here. And here's the problem. There's twofold. Real quick. Number one, this match was worthless and meant nothing. There was literally nothing there. It was literally them saying, we're just going to take two big names, put them in the main event. They'll probably do a good match. You'll probably stay through the show and watch it. I hate when they do that. Because if you want to do this as a pay-per-view match one day, then save a little suspense for us. Number two, Braun Strowman needs to be in a title feud or a juicy, juicy feud where someone has badly wronged or injured him and he's trying to rally back. I have never seen somebody so red hot that's been pressed pause on because they're waiting for that opportunity to open up. And what do they do with him? He just beats people up. And it's like, okay, so you just, you just Finn Balor just put, went under again. So Brock looks strong. We already know he's strong. So get, you have built him to a level successfully. Don't pause it. Put him in something that matters. If he can't be against Roman or Brock for the big title right now, then put him in a grudge match. Have Bobby Lashley spear him out of nowhere, and now we have a feud. What are they doing with him? Nothing. Okay? There's a reason he closed the Greatest Royal Rumble, because he's their most red-hot guy right now outside of Rollins' last three weeks. Do something with him. Thank you. Zero point zero. Zero point zero. Wow. wow. This wow. was so bad that WWE had two of its three most overface male faces on Raw in the same match together, and the fans didn't give a bleep. They were sitting on their hands. They weren't cheering. They didn't get excited until Finn hit that... Um, uh, sling blade outside the ring on Braun. And they're like, oh, we haven't seen that before. And then he did the coup de gras from the, the barrier, barricade. That was really cool. It rolled them back in the ring. And they built it up where they almost came this close. BC, you can see it. You guys 
can't see it on the podcast, but you see how close my fingers are together. They were this close to giving Balor the win back for Kane beating him clean in the middle of the ring. Braun Strowman could have taken that loss. He definitely 100% could have because the match was booked well. And instead of doing that and giving us a legitimate surprise finish, you like the surprise of Lesnar beating Reigns in the main event to WrestleMania, this could have been the same thing. Instead of giving us a surprise finish and something to hang our hat on, wow, that was a good match. Wow, they're pushing Balor. Holy holy crap, this is cool. They just had Braun catch him do two running power slams and ended the match. But we would have complained, to be honest with you. We would have complained about where's Braun going. So I think in the end, you can't win, so don't do the match. Or, or if you're going to do the match, put a money in the bank spot on the line so it actually matters. Just don't, you, that, know, you know. Anyway, it, we got to roll just, on. It's just so, I'll say it second time in the show. It's so convoluted. It just right. Adam, number four hero or zero SmackDown closed with Daniel Bryan winning clean in the main event over U.S. champ Jeff Hardy. This time for a money in. Well, let me let me rephrase that. Not to for a money in the bank qualifying match, a match that gets him into said match against Samoa Joe <laughs> next week. So Big Cass is injured, whether that's real or not. But I got to ask you the question here or zero to Big Cass's injury. Being a blessing in disguise because now we get Daniel Bryan against Joe next week, and I don't really know who Daniel Bryan's feuding with right now. Um, so I don't think the injury is real, and so therefore it's not a blessing in disguise because it's not real. I like the booking, though. I'll be honest. Like I think it's a really smart idea that they have Daniel Bryan using this new heel hook. They're putting the submission finisher over. People freaked out that Daniel Bryan lost to Rusev. I think Meltzer like went nuts that like, what are the, what are they doing with Daniel Bryan? They're burying him to Rusev. Well. Guess what? Brian's just got two back-to-back really big, well, one win and then one domination over a much bigger dude in big cast. In back-to-back shows, they're putting over his new submission finisher, which is great. They're giving us a Daniel Bryan-Samoa Joe match that hasn't happened in 11 years and has never happened in WWE. But yeah, it's going to be a schmage finish. Big cast is going to run in, break it up, or, or you know, help Joe win, and then they'll have another match at Money in the Bank. I have no problem with it. I think they're salvaging the booking, so it's a hero. Good for them. All right. All right. Hey, by the way, um, we don't have a spot for it in the show in this, but there's a man who's cleared of wrongdoing, apparently. Yeah, you got to stop. You, you got to stop. No, well, I'm, I'm, I like Enzo as an entertainer, not as a person, but he is cleared of wrongdoing. If you want Big Cash to be a true heel and get true heel no. heat. No. Bring, uh, you know, I bring. Uh, there's only one man with, the, with that type of sauce. And let me be frank. I got that hot sauce. I'm just saying, you want those guys to be ultra get over heels? People hate the crap out of Enzo. Bring him back right now. Put him as Cass's mouthpiece. That'll get some heat, all right? Zero. What's your thoughts on this? You didn't, you didn't give yours. Uh, what, what were we talking about again? No, just kidding. Uh, it's just, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't moved by this. At least there was a stipulation on the line. I'm excited about Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe. So in the end, they got you to have a match to care about this week with Hardy, and it was good, by the way. And now we get another one. Long term, I'm not really sure. But I think Daniel Bryan should be in the Money in the Bank match. So it feels like they're kind of rebuilding an underdog run for him. It's okay. It's just, again, it's not great. It's not juicy. It's not revelatory. It's just sort of all right. SmackDown, you were all right this week. Anyway, we got to roll on. All right, BC, last here in Hero Zero. Is the B team good because it's good? Or is it good compared to everything else on Raw? I'm going to say because it's good, because it's a formula that has tr- worked in the past. You take a, a non-deserving jobber who the people get behind because they see them job all the time, and you shine them up a little bit. And it, it, it's it's fun right now to see these guys undefeated and to celebrate so wildly. And when they did the, the – when Axel mounted Bo and they both slid down <laughs> the ramp on a chair and crashed and burned, of course it was awesome. This is what – 
people loved about Heath Slater and Rhino, and that, that worked way more than it should have. And this is what I thought the social outcasts could have been because people forget they became jobbers really fast. But the first couple weeks, they were jobbers who helped each other cheat to win, and it was sort of fun. And I, I said, why don't you give these guys a real push as a stable, put the belts on them. They should never beat anybody, but there's four of them, and they cheat to win every time. I think you can do something like that with these guys, and people will get behind them because they overachieved with The Miz. So this is overall a hero, and I think it's just good, not good because Raw stinks. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a hero. The name is good. The shirts are good. The entrance music is – we got a DM. Why is their entrance music so good when Bobby Lashley's and other people are so bad? Um, the entrance music's good. The gimmick is good. The way that uh, Bo Dallas especially is selling it is really good, and I really like the idea – of them going into a Raw Tag Team Championship feud, despite all the other tag teams that are on the brand, because Bray is in there, and maybe this is something where they go back to the Hardy compound. Maybe this is a long-term feud, and they give these guys new characters and, and break them and, and, and wake them up and so on and so forth. I think there's a story they're telling here. I really like it. And by the way, shout out to our boys, the Good Brothers, number one contenders for the SmackDown yes. Tag Team titles, out of nowhere beating the Usos on SmackDown. Former uh, G1 finalist, Carl Anderson. My man, my man, the machine gun right there. All right, Adam, we are going to get out of the show by listening to the people one more time. For the people, by the people, send in those DMs each week. We love hearing from you. Let's begin the slide. All right, all right, John Cena, enough of that. Let's start off right here. Go go for it, Adam. All right, from Brett Charles Millam, uh, at Brett underscore M-I-L-A-M. He says, hey, Brian, love the show and your style going back. To the cheap heat days. I don't know what that is. Uh, I had a question oh, for the wow. podcast. Oh, wow. He'll turn right there. There we go. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh, with all the business happenings concerning WWE and even the success of NJPW and what All In was able to do, would you call this time in wrestling a quote-unquote boom period the same way the rock and wrestling or the Attitude Era were? Or does it depend how we define a boom period? Or is the idea of cyclical boom period in <laughs> Anachronistic. This guy's pushed big words on us. Of of looking at pro wrestling. I was just laughing that he actually used the word. What do you think? I love it. I love what Brett Charles is doing it here. Um, So my whole original speech on the revolution is that I think it could lead to the third boom period of the modern era of the WrestleMania days. We are not there under those terms, right, of the Attitude Era and the original rock and wrestling launch of WrestleMania on a commercial sense. Now, seriously, the rise of the indies all in and WWE going to network TV and potentially, you know, having specials, uh, you know, even outside of SmackDown on network TV is a huge step in us getting to that boom period because it makes wrestling mainstream again to casual people. I think we can get there, but we are in a different boom period right now that I think we all have to wake up to. We talk about the wrestling about the end game of, I'm sorry, we talk about the revolution about the end game, but we are already really far along in a different revolution and a different boom period. And that's just one that wrestling is cool again for hipsters, and two, that there's so many wrestling hardcore fans. There's not as many casual fans these days as those other boom periods, but I think there's more hardcore fans right now than ever before, and that's the technology, that's the access to all these other brands and promotions. We could get to that third boom period. We're not, but we are in a totally different run than ever before, and I think it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I think that's a very fair way to depict it. Um, We're not in a boom period now, but there are enough glimpses of one that could arise. I think WWE going to Fox uh, for one show, not both shows, um, is definitely 
uh, a plus, like you said, moving in a mainstream direction. And NJPW, if they can find a way to capture an American audience and an English-speaking audience in a real significant way, I think they could be there as well. But if you look a couple of years ago, TNA was running pay-per-views. They had Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy and really big names on there. And they were more popular then, I think, than whatever you want to call the Ring of Honor bullet club situation is now. So like, even comparing it to then, it's not as big as it was then. But I do think the talent and and the desire from fans is there yeah. if it can get marketed to them correctly. And fa- like fans are more hardcore. So the hardcore base is the biggest I've ever seen and the most hardcore I've ever seen. But you got to yes. get those casuals to be a boom. Adam, sliding in the DMs number two from Man 24 He says, what do you guys think C.N. Almas' first feud on SmackDown should be against? Man thought it was going to be Randy Orton. Is who is now out with a knee injury. Adam, where is CN going, in your opinion? Well, eventually he's going to the main event because this guy's real and he's everything that they want. I think they start him off um, either with Shelton Benjamin, who apparently they're repackaging back with his old music, which is pretty cool, or with Jeff Hardy. Uh, I think a U.S. title feud is perfect. Giving him that title is totally fine. Jeff Hardy losing to him, there's nothing wrong with that. They could have two or even three pay-per-views of a feud together. Um, I think that's the answer. Simple as that. That's the answer. That is the answer. Jeff Hardy is the answer. So so well done on that. We'll slide again from Haley at Haley Joe 10. She, I think, I assume it's a she. Wow, we have female listeners? I thought the only female listeners we got were, were the ones Costos dragged over from Instagram. All right, I'll take this. Here we go. Sanity Is Sanity ever going to debut, or is it just another gaping plot hole, you know, like Lana trying to oust Aiden English and now loving him? She's talking about SmackDown. Is Sanity ever going to debut? I don't know, Adam. We see commercials. We don't see them. I just want to say one thing. This is almost my feel spot this week. I don't know how SmackDown got me to care about babyface Lana winning a match <laughs> to enter the Money in the Bank, but it did, and I got to shout out AD in English for that. I know it's a twist from the direction they were going. I popped so big for Lana winning, and I was asking myself, why do you care this much? They did it. They, they sucked me in. They somehow managed to have me like Lana beating Billy Kay, and I don't know how they did that. I loved every second of that segment, from Aiden English's introduction to him celebrating with her, to Rusev not being there. I thought that was really cool and doing the Lana Day chant instead of the Rusev Day chant. Look, Lana's gorgeous. The crowd loves her. She's not good in the ring, but they even made her winning the match believable. She got a a surprise shot, hit her finisher, boom, it was over, right? Very, very good. That's not the question, but big fan of that. I totally agree. Sanity? I don't know. They stopped airing the vignettes. I mean... They're not even airing the vignettes for these guys anymore. Did they decide that, yeah, let's wait until Nikki Cross finishes her feud with Shayna Baszler and then put her into it and bring them in as a group? Do they not have the space for them anymore? Because you know what, BC? I don't know how they fit in unless they're going to be the challengers and the ones that take the titles off of the Bludgeon Brothers. I can't even believe I'm talking about the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they did. It's a gaping plot hole. It is. There there it is. There it is. We got one more. Fire it up. One more BC from, you don't you didn't give me a name here, but uh, P Turnigan, P T U R I N N G A N. That's his handle. If you could steal one performer from WWE to join the Revolution, who would it be? And I'm going to put an asterisk on here. You can't say Daniel Bryan. All right, I you know you know how excited I am for this. I'm all in. I mean, I'm all in. Are you? All I am in? all in on this question. We've done a variation of this question in the past, and back then, like now, I'm tempted to want to say. 
Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, right? I'm tempted to say I want a worker who could do four and four and a half star matches in WWE and say, well, let's take the reins off of them, right? Let's 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 take let's see if they can do five and five plus and be amazing. But these Roman Reigns conversations the last two weeks, Adam, I know, and this is the problem with the Roman Reigns argument and, the, and why this hurts so bad. We know how good Roman Reigns is in reality. He has an incredible look. Yes, he's not a genius on the mic, but in the right setting, he can bring it. And he's really good in the ring when he's not doing these package program Superman punches, right? I mean, he can go. Go back and watch his feud with AJ in 2016 if there's any reason why you don't love Roman in the ring. So my answer is Roman Reigns because when you watch Tama Tonga of the Bullet Club and you just see how badass he is and the way he's presented, could you imagine Roman in that stable as the face, allowed to swear in promos, allowed to attack people, maybe a blade job one time? Roman could be the coolest superstar in all of wrestling, and I think if you open up the door to let him be himself on the mic, he'd figure it out, and I think he would be right there with those guys doing regular five-ish star matches. I mean, is is the Bullet Club the revolution at this point? Because it's not enough. Like, like do you have to be in the Bullet Club? And if so, isn't that a little bit of a crutch for anyone that you would move over? Well, I would, I would put, I'd pair him with the with the Tongan guys and break and break free from the Bullet Club. You know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. At what point is the revolution more than one stable? Because if it's going to be one stable, it's not a revolution. It's a bunch of guys that are over with with really smarky fans. So for me, it's who could I bring over that doesn't need to go in the Bullet Club that could work completely on their own? And the answer to that is Dolph Ziggler, and I would book him exactly like NJPW is booking Chris Jericho. He can do every single thing Jericho does, the cursing, the aggression, the throwing. Oh, yes. He has charisma. He has the in-ring ability. He's younger. Um, that's the guy. Like, you want to talk about someone you could put in there and immediately put in title pictures, give him the IWGP United States Championship, have him contend for the Intercontinental title. Dolph Ziggler, that is your answer. Man, how about how about Neville as a super junior? That'd be incredible. Imagine Neville and, and but that's and, not moving the needle for a quote unquote revolution. True. Okay, so I, I guess I looked at this question and basically was like, okay, if you could pull somebody from WWE and they can go to the Indies, who would it be? That I but but the idea of actually helping the revolution, yeah. I mean, my Roman Reigns answer still fits, especially if you did what you said and pushed him not even in a fashion, just pushed him on his own. He can come in as Switchblade Jay White's push and take that over. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but this gets me so excited because. You should want to see your favorite wrestler with no restrictions rather than the opposite of saying, well, I can't wait till that great artist genius wrestler comes to WWE and they tone him down. Stop loving that equation. It should be the other way around. We should want to see everybody in the revolution. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Hey, let's put our hands in the field spot to close this week, Adam. And I always go to 205 or NXT for my field spot. Sometimes I repeat the same topic weeks in a row. And I'm going to do that again. Because did you see that Ricochet Velveteen Dream match last week on NXT, which was only four minutes because Lars Sullivan came through and wrecked shop and destroyed everybody after not being on TV for a while? That was, I don't always love when they give things early and they tease it. That was the perfect tease that got me so fired up to see a program between these two. And the whole time I'm like, they're not going to do a real match, right? This isn't even the main event. They're not going to give us a 25-minute match or well, they didn't. And it was the right choice. And the, just those minutes of them seeing them bounce off each other and bump and work, th this could be the best feud. Of, uh, this could be the, the feud I would be most excited about of any in the company. I don't know if this means we're going away from that with the, Lars Sullivan getting in the middle, but I'm ready to watch. I'm fired up right in the field spot. So it's funny. We switched gimmicks here in the field spot this week. Uh, you're hashtag NXT TakeOver. I'm hashtag Revolution because 
my feel spot this week, and I'm going to preface it just a, a tad, a little bit. The best wrestling things that are happening today, doesn't matter the company, WWE also included, and, and in many ways, WWE on top. The best things are happening on social media. WWE is allowing these wrestlers to cut pro selfie promos with their own phones. They're doing backstage interviews that are not scripted. And obviously everything with being in the elite with the Bullet Club and NJPW as well. The best thing that happened went viral on social media uh, over the weekend, I think, during Best of Super Juniors. Chris Jericho did a surprise taped promo on Tetsuya Naito. And man, we, I can't even repeat a phrase from it because it was all profane. And it was all not safe for work. And we're not an explicit show, unfortunately. But I'm telling you right now, go find it. You can tweet me. I'll send it to you if, you don't, if you're finding trouble doing that. It's one of the best promos in a long time that I've heard. And it's Jericho off script, unbridled passion, like out hiking or something, looking really strange. Massive hero. It's so good. One of the best things I've seen. It's so good. And it's just, again, it's that, it's that tease of seeing somebody get a chance to do exactly what they want and just swear and just basically talk to another man who he's about to fight like a man would talk to a man he's about to fight. And when you get that reality and that authenticity, oh, man, it gets you fired up. Hey, Adam, another show in the books this week. Follow us on our various social media accounts, dear listeners. Send your DMs, all of that, and please do me a favor. And check out the bonus episode of the In This Corner this week with the great Moore Winalo caught up with Booker T, Johnny Gargano, Bass Root, and a couple other folks as well to talk about Moro's career, talk about this film, something you won't want to miss. It meant a lot to me to get that opportunity to interview Moro, and uh, this is a movie this Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, Bipolar Rock and Roller, that I think will touch a lot of people, our listeners that were moved by that Moro interview just a few months ago. It's right in that wheelhouse Get, get watch that movie please we'll talk about it next week for sure we absolutely will and do not forget follow at in this corner cbs on twitter we will be posting a poll coming up i would prefer that everyone vote in the actual poll but if you reply to us as well i will count those votes manually bc versus the silver king who won the big bet hey thanos backland get ready co new co-host coming in You could replace me if you wanted to. Oh, we wow, wow, wow. We're still out. <laughs>